ladies and gentlemen, this is Bright Crack, your weekly wedding podcast for great company, banter, and good times. Now let's crack on. Joey, hey, thanks so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Pleasure. So uh, brides and grooms have been asking us a great deal recently, what makes a good wedding musician? Cool. So first of all, I, I love this question. The reason I love it is because straight up we're, we're noticing there's a difference between a good musician and a good wedding musician. Okay. And those, those are two totally different things. And I'm a musician myself. We at Warble deal with musicians every single day. We know what they're like. And musician, I don't know how much experience you have with the musician type, but we are naturally fickle, ego-driven, creative maniacs. That's just what we are. That's just what we're like. We can't help it. That would be a fair description, perhaps. Be a fair description. And I'm a self-confessed one of those myself. Um, so having those traits and being a wedding musician at the same time, they almost contradict each other. Okay. So the difference between a good musician and a good wedding musician, in my opinion, has almost absolutely nothing to do with the musicianship of the player. You can be incredible. You can be Slash on the guitar. You can be Joey Jordison on the drums. But just because you're that good at playing, it doesn't mean that you're right to play at somebody's wedding. Right. Um, so where that comes in, I mean, we at Warble, we turn away hundreds of bands a week, hundreds of singers, musicians who want to join the agency. They come and they want to sign up, and they're, they're incredible, incredibly talented people. We turn away some amazing musicians. Why? Because they're not right for weddings. They're not set up for it. And I think where this starts to come in to fruition is that it's all about kind of mentality and the way that you conduct yourself and logistical things. All the non-playing stuff, all the non-music stuff is what makes you a good wedding musician. Um, so, for example... When you're on stage at somebody's wedding and you're playing Mr. Brightside, whatever it is, you can be a rock star, you can rock out and you can do your thing. But as soon as you kind of step off that stage, that's when you need to start looking after the bride and groom, liaising with the venue, doing all of those things, those nuts and bolts that normal musicians or normal people wouldn't know how, how to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, yeah. Yeah, they so those things. yeah, they, they, they wouldn't know. And it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a kind of selflessness about playing at, at someone's wedding, I think. And as I said, because musicians are naturally kind of ego-driven, when we play our own gigs or playing original stuff, it's, I'm on stage here, it's all about me. You watch me, you watch what I'm doing. But when you're a wedding musician, you're there to entertain, you're there to provide a service, you're, you're playing for somebody the biggest day of their life. You know, so you have to, you know, conduct yourself in that way because it's not about you. It's about the bride and groom. It's about the wedding. It's about the day. And it's about all those things that, that have come into mind. So I think having that in your mind, having that mentality and that selflessness goes a massive way. And we notice those things when bands are coming through to us. We can spot who has that and who doesn't. And we know who to bring on and who to turn away uh, because of those things. So... 
yeah, that's what I would say. Um, the other thing that I would say, go, going on to the actual music stuff, there is some musicianship stuff that does make a difference. Um, okay. I would say that something that you may have heard before with other people that you've spoken to is this term versatility. Right. Um, a lot of brides and grooms want a lot of different things because we're all different people. All couples are different. So if you are versatile as a band and as an outfit, and if you can almost reinvent yourself on a night with, no matter whether it's because of how you dress or what songs you play and all those kinds of things, whether you want to do uh, a 50s set or a 90s set, or you want to do some more rocky stuff or whatever, if you can cover all those bases, that makes you, well, instantly it makes you more bookable as a musician. Um, also, that, that versatility just means that you can take anything that anybody throws at you, you know, if on the night somebody wants to make a request or something, it's like, you don't have to worry, like, you know how to play that. That's, you've mm -hmm. got that in your catalog. Um, so that's absolutely huge, I think. Um, the other thing, I'm going to contradict myself here <laughs> just a little bit. I like to do that. I like to just throw curveballs at people just because it's fun. So if you do want it. Um, versatility is massive. However, however, something that we've noticed in the past year or two is that the one thing that makes uh, wedding bands and wedding musicians massively stand out is almost the opposite to versatility is having uh, a niche, having a really kind of tied down niche because there is so much choice out there nowadays because you can have anything if you want at your wedding, any kind of music, any band, any style, you can have it. So why would you go for something really basic and watered down and really safe? You know, couples are starting to be a bit more adventurous with their entertainment, which is amazing for us because we have sort of weird and wonderful stuff that we're just like, okay, yeah, have, have this crazy wedding. That's cool. Um, but because of that, people are starting to figure out what fits with their personality and they will book those weird bands and weird acts that people wouldn't usually book. And we're seeing more of that happen now. So, I think having a mix of versatility so you can do everything if you want, but at the same time, having like a sellable niche that couples can, mm -hmm. can buy into and think, I want that. That's really cool. The main one we see is the, the Mumford and Stuns style kind of folk festival type bands. Okay. Um, yeah. They always split their sets. They do like the first half is all the kind of folk, you know, the towering double bases and stuff and hats and, check shirts and whatever, and then they can redress themselves, like Cher coming out with a costume change for the second set, and then all of a sudden, there's your rock band. Um, so being able to do both, I think, is awesome. So if, if a wedding band is watching, that's that's your advice right there. That's how you win. Um, be versatile, but have a little cool little niche uh, that couples might like. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, so when brides and grooms are looking for a band, if they, if they see a band perhaps in a bar or something and they go, wow, you know, they'd make a great wedding band. Maybe not. Maybe not. So you've got to check that one. Maybe you've got to make sure that they are a yeah. wedding band or wedding cake. That's, that's the thing that, I mean, I'll, almost all the musicians that we deal with, myself included, started in, well, started in my bedroom initially. But after that, you go to your bars and your pubs and that kind of thing. And, Yes, they may be talented musicians, um, but there is a massive uh, difference between your local pub band and your wedding band. For example, 
does your local pub band have the right public liability insurance and hat certificate to play in a, a wedding venue? Um, so, so many things. Do they even have their own gear? Are they using the pub's gear? Do they have a drum kit? Do they know enough songs? Can they play a first dance? Do they have a, a DJ set in between? There's like a, a billion things that pub bands don't do that wedding bands do actually do. And they may be equally talented as musicians, but they're not set up as a, an outfit to perform at, at somebody's wedding like that. Um, so yeah, there is a difference. So a lot of people do do it. And I think it's it's an affordable way of going about things is to book, you know, a band, you know, or a local band, you know, but don't expect the same type of band to be turning up if you book a, a band over an actual wedding band who knows how to play weddings. That's very, very good advice. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's, actually, it's I've never heard that before. So, I mean, that's a, that's a first for me. <laughs> but, but yeah, spot, it, absolutely spot it's on. something that we hear a lot. We, because bands now, I mean, bands are admittedly more expensive than a DJ, for example. So, a lot of the time, people are thinking, do I want a DJ or do I want a band? Mm. Um, so, they, to justify that extra expense, they, they kind of have to realize that. You, you almost pay for what you get with the wedding band and the same with all the rest of your suppliers. I know people sometimes go local or go to friends and stuff like that, but you know, for the big bits of your day, you want to go to something who, who has done weddings or is set up specifically for weddings. So why would you take that chance on the massive end of the party? Like this is yeah. where it all comes together. Why would you risk it? You know, get, get somebody who, knows what they're doing, who's qualified, who's a professional. Um, the same goes for any supplier out there. Same, you've probably spoken to countless photographers and videographers and million type of things. They probably said the same thing is to get um, a professional. Um, same thing goes for your band. You don't want any hiccups uh, then, so yeah. Brilliant, cool. Well, we've just got a couple of fun questions for you. Uh, cool, I like some fun yeah, questions. So let's the first go. fun question is, what is the biggest commission that you've ever had? Oh my God, wow. Um, okay, so aside from doing uh, weddings, I mean, we book for events all over the, the country, even Europe and, and whatnot. Um, and I think at the tail end of last year, we have um, an orchestra, which is a 20 piece orchestra on our books. Um, and they go for something like 20 grand or something ridiculous. Um, and it was for like some celebrity event in Italy. Um, okay. They got booked out for that. So that was ridiculous. Every now and then those things kind of come in and it's like, wow, okay. Um, but, you know, if you have quality, somebody out there will, will pay for it if it's quality. So, it's, yeah. Uh, you've also got to think that, you know, if you've got a 20 piece orchestra, you actually need the venue to put the 20 piece orchestra <laughs> in as well. So, yeah, if that's yeah. 20 grand, how much was the venue? That's uh, Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That was probably, our orchestra was probably a drop in the ocean for whatever yeah. else they were doing that night. Yeah, so it was amazing. just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but that's the luxury of what we do. We have, we have uh, entertainment for every budget. We have this stupidly expensive, luxurious, amazing, you know, all glitz, all glamour entertainment. We have, you know, the, the affordable stuff, which is nice and cozy, and you know what you're going to get. Um, so... Yeah. Covering all bases. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, lastly then, what would you say is your favorite part of what you do? 
Um, so in terms of, as I said, I, I, I do a couple of things. So I'm, I'm a wedding musician myself, but also in terms of uh, working with Warble, which is absolutely incredible, um, the two things collide quite often. So from like a personal point of view, I think being able to um, be, being able to play in front of people who appreciate you on like a, a frequent basis is incredible. Like I said, growing up and doing the whole bar and pub scene and whatnot, you're often playing and playing to an empty room or playing to people who don't really care or want you there or whatever. Um, but when you play at somebody's wedding, they've specifically asked you to be there. They want you there. They know you're going to be appreciated. And I think that's something, whether I got paid or not for any of this stuff, I wouldn't even care because it's like, oh my God, this is the dream. Like I'm, I'm playing music in front of people and they're enjoying it. And that's, that's all I need. Like I can sleep happy if I've, if I've done that. Um, but in, in terms of uh, being with Warble, I would say that one thing that I've really enjoyed is being able to uh, connect and deal with other musicians. Um, it's something that I think is probably the most important thing for anybody who is any type of musician, but especially a wedding musician, is to connect and collaborate and speak to other people in your field, learn from them, allow them to learn from you. Um, and being with Warbles allowed me to do that. So that's been really cool. Awesome. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Jerry. That's all we've got time for today. But thank you no so much for, uh, for sharing your wisdom and experience with us. Um, it's always good when something you... And I'm sure a lot of people have never even considered um, that before. So um, that's seriously going to help people out when they're choosing their their wedding musicians. Cool. Thank you. It was really nice to come on and, and drop some knowledge. So, yeah, thanks for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed. Brilliant. Absolute pleasure. We'll speak to you soon. Take care. Cool. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.